Welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. I am Taylor Trask. I'm Todd A. And uh, it is another Sunday, Todd. We were just, before we started rolling, we were talking about the harrowing experience I had uh, last night. For those of you who don't live in a colder climate um, or a higher elevated climate, one of the things we have to worry about here in Colorado is Colorado. Colorado is uh, icy, very icy streets and sidewalks. And I'll just I'll spare you the details, but you you listeners at home just just understand to to walk up a hill that is covered in ice. You know, there's a street and a sidewalk, but it's all covered in ice. <laughs> in your Chuck Taylors is not a good idea. Um, so, you know, at some point you got to sacrifice the hipster aesthetic for something a little practical. And, yeah. Uh, I, I pointed I would, out that I had a hard time getting up that hill, uh, in mild weather. <laughs> that's right. You were here back in May and, uh, poor Todd. I had Todd and another friend of mine, Brianna come down to sort of do a pre-wedding little get together. And, uh, we had gone and had some beers at the bottom of the hill and the hill is only, you know, three and a half blocks probably, um, you know, if it was flat, but it's all uphill from the, you know, from downtown Manitou to my house. And not only was Todd here from, you know, sea level in, in the mountains, Literally, but then, yeah, yeah. literal sea level. So that, that screws with people just out of the gate, you know, like you get, you get altitude sort of dizziness and just, it's a little harder to breathe, but then add two to three beers on top of that. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was harrowing as well. So I yeah. commit. I remember stopping halfway up, but not having the breath to tell you both that I was stopping. I was like, hi, guys. (laughs) Just imagine if you were a smoker. Oh, my God. That was uh, Brianna's husband. So he he, uh, and she and their son came last uh, September to visit. And that was – I remember he – because he at that time was a pretty heavy smoker, and he was just – he was having all kinds of problems. So that was – just be glad it wasn't that too. (laughs) Wow. Um, yeah, no kidding. I, I definitely, I definitely am thankful. Um, so on this, uh, on this podcast, you have chosen a book to talk about. Is there, you know, I feel like, I, I don't know if we want to jump in right away or if you've got a coffee to talk about also or anything like that. Well, I am drinking a coffee. Um, but it's pretty much you know, the same thing I normally drink. It's uh-huh. a loyal, it's a loyal coffee, hand grinded, all of that AeroPress, all that good stuff. Um, nice. My book pick this week is is great because I, for the first time in a long time, uh, had reason and interest in going back into a shop. And not that I didn't have interest before, but I I felt like I had so much so many things in my stack that I hadn't even gotten to yet that I sort of made a private promise uh, over the summer and early fall that I wasn't going to get anything new until I put a significant dent in my to read pile. Right. Um, cause it was, it was kind of becoming a problem. I was just like, look at all these things I bought that I, that it looked amazing that I haven't even cracked open yet. So I was trying to get through all that. I still have more of those to get through. It's not quite as bad, but I was, you know, Colorado Springs, as we've talked about is pretty great for comics. There are, you know, there's several creators here. There are some of the best shops in the country, in my opinion here. Um, and it's just a really cool sort of mix of stuff and there is a particular store down near where i co-work um called escape velocity and uh, i just and two blocks from my my co-working so i'm like i'm gonna stop in and just take a look and see if, see what i see and sure enough on their spinner rack of kind of like new and notable titles was this this trade paperback that i saw called analog 
and uh, and subtitle a cyber dystopian noir. And I just looked at it and went, when did this come out? It's just one of those kind of fortuitous moments where, you know, it's, it's what you want every time you walk into a comic shop. You see something, you're like, how the hell did I not know this existed? And I started thumbing through it. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, I have to have this. Well, now, um, what what was it that uh, that drew you to that? Was it the the cover art or that description of a cyber noir or what? Uh, kind of all of, the, all of the above, you know. So the the title kind of, and the fact that it was Escape Velocity picking yeah. it. They, they have some really good curation uh, that I trust really well. So I, I just had noticed it. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And then I turned it around and I read the back cover. And I'll do that for you now. And this, this is really what sold me. It's 2024 and the world has been mass doxxed. So mass dox, meaning everybody, you know, everybody who's online, all their secrets are, are out there for everybody to know. Every email, photo, and document ever sent rains down out of the cloud, and only a fool would send a secret over the web. This is the era of the paper jockeys. Armed couriers with briefcases of secrets will get your sensitive information around the globe or die trying. Jack McGinnis and his partner, Una, are two of the best in the business. For a price, they'll move your sensitive information where it needs to go as they fight off fascist criminals and spies. So right out of the gate, I'm like, oh, geez, this... This is one of those kind of like near future uh, kind of Black Mirror-esque sort of stories that could easily happen. You know, I could easily, as, as I was just reading that, I'm like, oh my God, this, this could happen. Then I started thumbing through it. I was like, okay, I like the art. Uh, this just looks cool. It has some, some humor in it that we'll get to. And so I just grabbed it and, and was reading it. And I'm so glad I did. Before I get into any of the details, I want to shout out the uh, written by Jerry Duggan, Duggan or Duggan. I'm going to say Duggan, Jerry Duggan. And artist is uh, David O'Sullivan, published by Image. The fact that it was published by Image blows my mind because I hadn't even heard of this. And I, I keep up to date with the Image releases pretty, pretty regularly. This uh, issue one came out in April of this year. And then the trade paperback, which is what I have, came out in October. Um, so it's fairly new, but again, never never caught my eye before. Uh, don't know why. I'm glad I, glad I have it now. Can I tell you what's so crazy about this to me? Because you, you told me what your pick was mm -hmm. um, like a week ago maybe. And I didn't tell you at the time because I wanted to spring this on you, which it's not that mind-blowing. But when we were in the used bookstore right across the street from Escape Velocity... <laughs> Uh -huh. there in May, I took a picture of this book to remember it because it was called Analog, the best of science fiction. Oh, geez. And it is like a bunch of science fiction stories, which I believe uh, was from a, a sci-fi magazine called Analog Magazine. But I remember at the time, like it was such a like 80s font and the fact that it, you know, it had this sort of star field on it with the Saturn and its ring. And it just said Analog in this like huge impact font or whatever. And you know, at the time I was like, oh, this one of those books, I just, I always take pictures of book covers if I want to remember to look at them later, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you told me analog, I was like, wait, what? Did we <laughs> both randomly like note this book? And then of course you, you know, it told me it was on an image and I realized yeah. we weren't talking about the same thing, but yeah, I was, I was blown away. So it's pretty, it's pretty serendipitous <laughs> because the, like you said, there, there is, if you ever come to Colorado Springs, right across the street from Escape Velocity, which is as I said, an amazing comic shop is an amazing antique bookstore. Um, that's just fantastic. So it's like you got this this street that has like you know all these cool things on it. And I just the more I'm here, the more I've lived here in the Springs area, the more I'm just sort of falling in love with all the little neat kind of nichey shops and just attention and and interest in art. And I, there's you know Colorado Springs has gotten traditionally sort of a 
a negative impression with all the military and sort of fundamentalist Christians and stuff down here. But that that is quickly changing. And I learned recently, sorry to tangent, I learned recently that Colorado Springs in the early found, founding of the city was an arts town. It was meant to be a resort arts sort oh. of community. And um, I like that they're slowly but surely heading back to that. Like that's really cool to see. So this yeah. is just a you know just a cool thing. So one of the one of the neat things about this book, story wise, I'll start with that. Um, is they set it up. They 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 kind of follow the mechanics and flow of a really great TV show. As most of the Image Comics I love do. Um, it just it it starts off right away with just a scene, an establishing scene. That you know, in the first three or four pages, you get everything you need. Uh, you know exactly the tone. You know the main character, Jack McGinnis. Um, you, you get a sense of the danger of the world. It's kind of it's a little fun. Um, you know, it's dangerous, but it's still you know, it's, there's some humor. It's it's a little wry. You get a sense of you know what this world is like. Um, and then each page after that just really kind of layers on top of that, and the pacing is really, really great. So it just has that sort of TV show feel right out of the gate. Um, something to note, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, was there ever a time in comics when that wasn't sort of the default that we seem to find now, where, you know, kind of this TV show writing in comics wasn't even considered or wasn't even thought of? I mean, do you do you know of any time where, like, that was more, this was almost a unique thing? Are you separate, like, are you, by saying that, are you talking about... Um the single standalone issue uh, representation of a, of the TV show part of it. Um, kind or- of. So, but just, just the, the pay, the way that comics are written today, even the way they're drawn, like some of the, like we've talked about many times, mm-hmm. a lot of the panels just look like storyboards. Right. Um, you know, like, and this is no exception. I'll get more into the art in a second, but I just, as I was reading it, I'm like, man, was there a time when comics just did not bot- dare to go down that road of trying to incorporate you know, TV style writing or movie style writing and, and just, and uh, I was going to say cinematography, but just art, you know, drawing and art and everything. Like, is that, I mean, there's plenty of examples where that doesn't happen. I get that, but it seems like this is sort of the, the go-to way to write comics in 2018. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. I think, um, yeah, it's, it, I was thinking of the, that sort of, you know, pre <laughs> 2010s where, uh, even pre like you know there used to be a time before giant crossover arcs and stuff and there and every every issue was sort of like a capsule episode you know mm-hmm. where there might be references back in time but it had that it you know they would they had that snappy comic book dialogue or whatever but it, I, you know so i didn't know if you meant that sort of tv writing <laughs> but um oh got it you know but i think to me that's still sort of that tv uh feel before the series mentality took over of like everything has to be an arc and we're always you know looking at the next arc and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's really interesting that they do it that way well it's and it's a great i mean for a new title they do it they do everything right like you got to catch your read you know hook your reader within the first couple pages they do that just everything about it and you know it's, it feels fresh and original i'll give you a quick sort of rundown of the first couple pages um this starts off in st louis Jack McGinnis, the main character, who kind of looks like a, a cross between Constantine and then like you know Bruce Wayne from the the White Knight series, just kind of <laughs> like you know imagine that that mixture. He's got the same face, jaw, hairline, yeah, as uh, you know as that Batman does. But then he's got the Constantine sort of trench coat, just kind of disheveled tie. Um, <clears throat> so right away you realize this is a guy who's just kind of 
kind of a cowboy, you know, not really. This is not a suave James Bond kind of thing. He's sort of a, you know, sort of a renegade, sort of a rebel. And he's sitting in the park in a snowy St. Louis evening. And these three guys come up to him and he's got this briefcase and they try to threaten him to have the case. And he tells them like, you know, you know, you don't know what you're doing. This is going to go bad for you. You know, you turn around now. I, I, I'm feeling pretty generous tonight. They don't. And immediately they start getting gunned down. Um, we find out that his, uh, his, uh, uh, partner Una is snipering from some roof, some, you know, nearby. And she's just, she's gunning them all down. Um, and at some point I think he pulls out a gun too and finishes off the last one, but he, uh, you know, then he gives a, a salute to Una and you see her sort of you, it cuts to her putting her gun away at the top of uh, you know, skyscraper in St. Louis. Hmm. So right out of the gate, you realize that information, tr- you know, uh, peddling in this, in this world is, is serious. You know, there's, there's people who, who need this stuff. Then it's like you get a, a shot of him driving his car amongst just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of self-driving cars. You know, and there's even like a shot of people like watching porn in one and, you know, a woman doing her business, you know, stuff in another car. So they start to slowly build, you know, this 2024 world that, in my opinion, is pretty accurate. You know, by this time, it's 2018 now. In six years, I could easily see all of this being pretty, pretty accurate. It's not like Back to the Future 2, right, when – you've got a holographic jaws coming out of the, the movie theater in 2015. Um, you know, that was a little, I applaud them, but that, you know, I always kind of look back at back to the future too. Like, man, so many things they just didn't quite, <laughs> didn't quite know. So this is, it's close enough in time where, um, you know, it, it works. I don't want to spoil too much more because from that point on, uh, Jack is, you know, he makes his delivery. Um, he never opens the case. It's one of those, those, those old cliches where it's like, you know, he's just doing a job. He doesn't, he's not interested in, knowing what these people are trying to, to pass around at some point, you know, a, a rogue shady government agent with like a little, you know, a tiny little woman running it, uh, comes up to approaches him. Um, you know, like a, kind of almost like a, uh, oh, what's her name? Is it, uh, who's the, who's the principal from kindergarten cop? Um, Oh you know, yeah. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Hunt, the, something hunt. The person uh, we always think is, is Edna Lamode, but it's not. Yes. It looks, I mean, I swear yeah. to God, she was the Edna Lamode. Anyway, it's, it's kind of like that. So there's this shadowy government agent, uh, agency that kind of comes up to him and tries to co-opt him. Um, so there's, you know, one of the side stories is him trying to, to wrestle against that. You also realize he might have been involved with the entire doxing um, situation that happened. Like oh. you know, at some point there was an event and they don't, they do a really good job of not giving you too many details about it right out of the gate. But there was an event where everybody's secrets, you know, your, your emails, everything was just released to the, to the world and everybody could see everything and lives were ruined. You know, um, you know, it, it, what you <laughs> Madison accounts were exposed. <laughs> exactly. But imagine that, but just everywhere with everybody, you know, even something as innocent as like, you know, a, a child bitching about their parents and the parents find out or, you know, like vice versa, just all that kind of stuff. You realize Jack might be involved uh, mm. somehow with how that happened. You get a good couple. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much. You get a good couple flashbacks where you see Jack talking to sort of a Mark Zuckerberg character. Um uh, you know, at a party and you realize, and it doesn't, it's not drawn to look like Mark Zuckerberg, but he's just as big of a douchebag. And you realize that this is probably the guy that sort of put Jack on his path. Hmm. Um, and now he's, now he's this guy. There's a really good couple scenes with his dad. You realize his dad is sort of an interesting character, um, kind of a loner guy that they find out, you know, maybe he was an, a, an agent at some point too. Um, and just overall, just a really cool, fun little detective story. A lot of, a lot of humor, a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff. Um, 
but it's still serious. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, how Kick-Ass has, you know, the Kick-Ass movie specifically, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty serious, but it's also, it's got a lot of, you know, kind of edge and fun, you know, humor and sort of, it's not, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Kind of like that. The, uh, the art uh, is especially interesting. I, you know, as we've talked about many times, I'm pretty picky about art. Um, this is definitely, and I, I'm, would love to be corrected if it's not the case, but by all accounts, this looks like um, hand drawn, you know, pencil, pencil and paper drawing, and then uh, you know, imposed digitally later. It doesn't have that sort of digital feel that like something like East of West does. I'm actually, very yeah, clean. I'm actually kind of surprised that this appealed to you because when I look at the cover art, um, it doesn't immediately jump out as, as as similar to other you know books that you've liked. At least the cover, the cover's not representative of okay. the of the page by page. It is a little bit, but the cut, like the the way they color the covers is yeah. very different. Um, if anything, and I'll use this this comparison again, the art is very reminiscent of White Knight. It has mm. sort of that same like you could easily see the characters in this exist in the White Knight world. Yeah, um, the way they draw buildings and interiors, the way they draw like night and and play with light. Um, and that just for, for this story, it works really, really well. Yeah. Um, it has sort of a disheveled kind of look to it as, as the world. The world you find both Jack himself is disheveled, but the world is kind of, you know, after, after the, the great, you know, doxing, it's like everybody's, everybody's kind of just a little frazzled, a little on edge. You know, you never, you're not quite sure what to make of it. They do make a, it's funny, right in the, right in the beginning, Jack mentions he's kind of doing a, you know, he has a lot of uh, inner monologues. And he's he's <laughs> mentioning the fact that like you know millennials and Gen Z can't deal with this new world, but Gen Xers can because they you know they grew up before all before the internet was really you know full steam mm. you know, in social media and everything. So that's it wasn't hard for him somebody like him to go back to kind of that pre pre two thousand world, which I thought was an interesting concept. It's like oh you it's almost his superpower is is being able to exist in this world. And not have to feel like he's just his entire life is in you know is in shambles because he can't get online. Um, and people, that's, a, that's an interesting notion because I really want you know it's one of those uh, things where um, I mean I, I guess I'm in Gen X so maybe I maybe I skirt out of that anyway. But I definitely see actually older people than I am less able to get out of technology. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. I like the the wonder of it is so amazing whereas like gen x and under maybe we're sort of like we expect it i don't know hmm. um but i don't know anyway go ahead sorry i didn't mean to derail you i just no, uh, no, no. I like that observation that that is in that book yeah but it, it is interesting and it's like it's something i think about a lot actually like you know yeah. i always i want to sort of the, my, i have a couple lingering existential fears and one of them is a a solar flare sort of event that would take out our grid or most of our electric grid for you know even two weeks would seem like a lot, you know, but imagine if it was a month or two or a year where it's like, we just sort of lose some of these things we take for granted. Now, I, I always wonder if that were to occur, how quickly could I revert back to my sort of pre internet life or pre phone, you know, pre mobile phone device life? Um, you know, what would that look like? I mean, I think I could, it would be a little jarring at first, but how many other people couldn't, um, you yeah. know, how many people, how many kids, uh, you know, under the age of 20 could just, would just not have any idea what to do. Um, I mean, our livelihood depends on it. So like, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely a problem yeah. for me. Um, but I'm just, but just like in a day, in your day to day kind of comings yeah. and goings, you know, um, 
it's, I mean, it's no different than thinking like, what would life be without electricity in general? Like, I mean, I'm, somewhere out there, there's an Amish person going, well, I, we would notice, you know, it would be fine. So no, just kind I, of the- I, yeah. And I was joking to a friend this week about if I got a, a dumb phone, you know, which is one of those things I always think about, like to, to, uh, digital detox even further, actually go get a, a dumb phone that doesn't have any apps on it. And then I'd be <laughs> asking it dumbly, like, uh, you know, could I need di- directions to the grocery store? <laughs> streets away from me um because i'm that's the that's the app i'm like completely dependent on in southern california Mm -hmm. tell me how to get to this place what am i going to do go through a map book and look for it oh my god that's true that is true i probably use google maps more than any other app yeah that is true and that you know and it's one of those things where i even when i was in college like a freshman in college i remember having a couple you know part-time jobs and one of them required me to travel and I had to, you know, I used to have to take, you know, go to mapquest.com and type yeah. it in and then print that out yeah. and then, and then try to follow along, uh, you know, and you still get lost and you're just like, I wish I had something. They just told me street by street, turn by mm-hmm. turn, how to get there. Um, and then, you know, then Garmin came out or any you know, of the Tom, yeah. Tom, and I was just like, this still isn't it. And then finally, finally Google maps is like, well, here's, this is what you'll need. And it, this, it's been exactly what I kind of always wanted. Um, so it's kind of, I was already predisposed for some of this technology. Like it was always kind of something I'd hoped for and now it's here, but just the, you know, it's, it's an, it's an, it's a really timely book because it deals with a lot of these issues that, you know, as more people talk about digital detox, as more people talk about the need for, you know, community and real relationships and not sort of treating the cloud as this be all end all of civilization, um, you know, I think, I think people put too much stuff in the cloud sometimes without any additional backup. So it's, you know, what happens when all that goes away or what, when it becomes completely not private anymore? Um, you know, just ideas of privacy, all these things are really important right now. And this is, I'm just glad this book exists right now instead yeah. of, you know, if it came out five, six years ago, it would have been a little too early. It would have felt too sci-fi if it came out, you know, five years from now, it almost would feel a little too, too past its, its, its expiration date. This kind of, they found the sweet spot for it and they found the right uh the right format yeah is it um uh, all right so you picked it up obviously physical but how do you feel about it uh digitally is there an irony in reading analog digitally? <laughs> i don't think so i mean the panels are clean enough where it would work really well on comiXology um and it's you know it's the the way the art moves it's not i don't feel like you have to experience it tactilely. I, I do kind of like the fact that I have it physically though, just be, you know, the, the nature of the story is that secrets and information have to be physical now. So just, you're reading that, you know, the, it in a physical format, I'm sure it's fine. If you just, you know, if you're short on shelf space or you just want to, you know, you want to buy it a little cheaper or have it faster, I'm sure there's nothing wrong with the comicsology version of it. Now, uh, does, does the story wrap up in these five issues or is this ongoing? It is. It's definitely it can be ongoing if it wants to. The last issue five came out in August, um, so they haven't picked up since then. But the mm-hmm. main storyline in this definitely um, definitely wraps up. You know, kind of the the central story. But they, you know, I could easily see it's almost. I mean, it almost feels more like a movie in that respect, right? right? You've got your your mo- your movie length storyline that starts and finishes. But you know, I can almost see next year, like you know, like he's back. You know, right. Jack McGinnis is bad, and it, it just picks up, you know, at a pre, you know, at, at a future date in his in his timeline. Is there, I, I, you know, I know in the back cover it it mentions that partner. Is there a lot of human interplay between them? I mean, is there like a, you know, do you do you get a, a sort of buddy cop story out of this? 
a little bit. I don't want to say too much about that because that kind of becomes spoilery. Okay. Um, but there's a little bit. It's it is more mostly him though. Okay. Um, you know, Una, you, you you do meet her. Uh, I, I'm struggling to say too much. Um, okay. You do meet her, but it's this is not this is not lethal weapon. This is right. Not but like, but safe know, to say she plays a, a role in the story and is not she just does. a sort of uh, um, valet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No. There's there's she definitely helps, but she she definitely serves to flesh out his character more. Um, yeah. She's not like a character in her. She's not like a. a a leading character in her own right. She's definitely a supporting. A supporting yeah. Character. I mean, it's definitely clear from the cover art that like he is on every cover. It's, it's almost that um, it gives you that lone detective feel, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the trench coat. So, so reading that about the partner, you know, is, is interesting just to find out like, just that that's important enough that they put it on the, you know, in their descriptive copy of the book is like, Oh, okay. So, you know, it's not, it's not just the lone gun kind of thing. Do you yeah. meet other paper jockeys? I mean, is it known that there's sort of a network of them? I mean, it's known, but do you do you meet them? Is that um again? I don't want to say too much about okay. that. <laughs> you you do get a sense of how deep that world goes. Gotcha. And you know, people who were in the business who aren't anymore. Um, you know, it's there's a couple of those those spy sort of noir you know cliches where he's got like his friend in the underground that he you know he meets and right. gets something from and. You know, there's there's a lot of that too. It's not. I will say this: like the the they could have they could have followed a couple of different threads because there are there are some really interesting things, and they choose to not get too deep down the rabbit hole of hmm. you know the 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 mechanics of the of the you know the the paper men or whatever they're called the main the paper jockeys sorry yeah the main the, the main guys you get you get a sense you you definitely know more about them but they don't you know this isn't like men in black where it's like here's the entire world of the paper jockeys right, and here's right, who they right. answer to and here's what they do and here's how you become one it's not necessarily bad it could have been um you get a, you get enough to kind of wet your wet your whistle but it's it's not exclusively that it's more about a focused story that involves jack in this specific period of time and all the people who want something from him um, gotcha so that, that way it's you know that could be a noir in any era they yeah. did a, you know they did a nice job of kind of taking the story that could have existed in you know in the 80s and the 30s and the you know whenever but it's the the extra layer of this kind of this conceit of this you know all things online are no longer safe yeah um, well and also just that you know i mean again i know it's the trench coat and sort of the the blue coloring but just looking at the cover of the trade paperback makes me think of uh, a blade runner kind of world um almost funny you should say that <laughs> well I, I i was i was gonna say if you like blade runner if you like constantine if you mm-hmm. like 80s movies like total recall um and i'll even say if you like any matthew vaughn movie you ah. will like you will like this uh, not that it's you know a one to one comparison of any of those things, but it has enough of those elements that you know, like imagine if if Blade Runner was 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 had some humor and was directed by Matthew Vaughn, you'd be a little closer. Or better yet, if Blade because there's there's a there's a Deckard kind of element to him too, but it's almost like Deckard and Constantine had a baby, and that's Jack McGinnis, <laughs> and then like and then and then Matthew Vaughn directed the movie. You know, you get a little of that of that aesthetic too. So I. You know, there's enough of it. I would not be surprised in the slightest if this doesn't get option for a movie and then Matthew Vaughn directs it. It's going to make perfect sense. Huh. Um, you know, there's also – I could easily – this is going to be a stretch, but I could also see this being a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, 
just because it's got some of the same beats and the way he sort of orchestrates his stories um, as well. Like there's a lot of that too. So that could, you know, if you're into the, if you're into sort of the zany, I don't even want to use the word zany. If you're into kind of just like the, the very visceral sort of decision consequence kind of nature of a Tarantino film, you'll like this too. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. The decision consequence. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything we missed in, in uh, discussing this? I don't think so. I, I, so like I said, it's You're, a little tricky because I don't want to give it too much away. Yeah. And, and, I mean, a detective story is always hard to review, right? Because you right. you don't want to trip the wire of saying something that ends up being like an important thing later on. But I feel like if you, you know, you, you will love this book if you like any of those things, even if you just like the idea of what would a world be like when, you know, Facebook just puts everybody's secrets out, you know, all things yeah. are known. Well, that's just an interesting idea. On, on its, you may not even like detective stories, but if you want to know what that world is, this is a great book to have. And just in general, it's a great, you know, it's, it is something new. We haven't seen, you know, we've seen every noir or detective story, but this is a new twist on it. Yeah. And it's an image title. So you, what are you going to, it's always yeah, well, going to be good. There's always that crazy thing about, um, uh, you know, future stories when they're set so close that, you know, like, you know, it's, it's not too far away from our own world. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, couching this in or, you know, setting this in 2024 is a really interesting choice that draws a pretty hard line on like where we could be in six years. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. reference this isn't like some, some like, you know, other planet. I mean, they reference the 2016 election early on. So you get, you get a grounding of, Oh, this is, you know, an, a timeline based on our, our existing one that just happens right. to shift a little bit this way. And then you get this. So it's not like, it's not like there's some kind of crazy alien device or something that comes floating from the, the heavens. It's, you know, you're like, well, that would never happen in 2024. Everything seems pretty with the exception, maybe one thing, everything seems pretty, <laughs> pretty grinded, grounded. But by the time you get to that one thing, you're, you don't care. You're just like, Oh, well, of course this would exist as well. Yeah. And it's, it serves a story. So it's, you know, it's kind of, it's just, it's just fun. Again, it's the math. I, I'm so glad I brought up the Matthew Vaughn thing. Cause that, that is a great lens to think about this. If you like Matthew Vaughn work. Um, yeah. And I'm strangely enough, I'm a little surprised this, that um, Mark Millar had nothing to do with this. This also oh, yeah. has, this has a lot of Mark Millar sort of DNA in it as well. Not that it's, a, you know, well on, uh, well on, uh, Duggan and O'Sullivan for you know for doing their own thing. But it, I wonder if you know if if you talk to them, if they wouldn't say, "Oh no, we were we were inspired by Mark Millar's work." That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's all. Once again, Analog, a cyber dystopian noir, uh, published on Image. The trade paperback is out now, and um, pick it up, put it on your shelf. Let us know what you think. Very cool. Um, I've I've actually got a plug this week, if you don't mind. Do yeah, let's Which do is, it. Uh, <laughs> um, as as you and and a, a few of my friends know, I've been um, I've been trying my hand at designing a game. Uh, which is uh, meant to get you off your phone as, as you know, and be analog for a while. So what a perfect spot for me to plug this. Yeah, I love that. Um, and this game is uh, where you're, you're uh, it, it's sort of what I, I describe it as part choose your own adventure and part D&D where you're sort of playing a character, but you're rolling dice to determine what you encounter, but then you're mapping that. That's the, that's the twist for me. That's the fun is like drawing this little map to, you know, with little icons and and things like that to, 
lead your way to a, an objective and lead your way back possibly. Uh, but anyway, it's, I've sort of soft launched this online and you can find it on Instagram at maps legends game. So maps legend, not maps and legends, just maps legends game. Yeah. I couldn't get all the social media to fit my, um, uh, uh URL. <laughs> so it is called maps and legends, but, um, but yeah, the social media is maps legends game. Yeah. And what's so, the, is, is it dot game or dot com? Oh my gosh. It's mapsandlegends.world. Ah, okay. Maps and Legends. And then social media, it's Maps Legends Game on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Well, I know know a little bit about this so far um, based on conversations we've had. And I'm, I'm, first of all, well done because creating anything this complex – um, and sticking to it and seeing it to across the finish line is, is incredibly difficult. So the <laughs> fact that you, you've made it this far, uh, that, that deserves a, a, a drink right there. Well, thank but, you. <laughs> but the if fact you, that you, oh, good. Yeah. If you follow the Instagram, you'll, you'll notice that it, it's still like a, a Sisyphus kind of tale of me slowly <laughs> trying to roll the rock across the finish line. Um, so Yeah. <laughs> But I just love the fact that, you know, there there is a need for analog stuff more and more. And so the fact that you went down that that, you know, instead of coming up with some you know harebrained new app idea that could have there are so many places yeah. where I think, um, you know, especially because the business you and I are in, it's like, oh, I could just do this on a website or I can just make an app for this or whatever. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> the whole point is to get off the app. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's definitely been, you know, it, it requires a new uh, or practicing an, an old skill of thinking in an analog way, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. Great. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that. Too. We may even do an episode about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe when I actually get to a public uh, beta, we'll we'll talk about it. But for now, you can follow its progress on Instagram. Well, and you can follow the rest of our stuff uh, on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I don't I forget if Facebook. Facebook is still up there or not. But we're panelism.inc as the URL. And we're pan, is it just panelism inc on Instagram? It's got a dot in it on Instagram. Panelism.inc. Dot, dot as well on Instagram. So panelism.inc everywhere you go. Yeah, we nailed uh, that one. <laughs> we did. We finally, after a lot of confusing, you know, uh, running the there thing and trying to figure out, just realizing that was not working. Panelism, I mean, everybody I've told it to loves it. So search for it. I mean, if you're looking, if you're trying to tell a friend about the show, just tell them to search Panelism on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, wherever you find podcasts, just search for Panelism. And then, like we said, panelism.inc is the URL and the social media handle. Tell us what you think. Let us know if there's a book you want to hear us talk about. Um, if you hated one of our reviews, let us know. We're always, lo- we love feedback of any kind. So just give Absolutely. it to us however you can. Anything else you want to plug? No, that's great. I, I, I love this book pick for the week. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll see you on the next episode and we'll hear from, I guess we'll hear ne- Todd's next pick. All right. Adios. Adios.